Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, good morning, everybody. Scott Luton and Kevin L. Jackson here with you on Supply Chain. Now, welcome to today's show. Now, today's episode, we're going to be diving into the story of two extraordinary entrepreneurs that have been on quite a journey, bringing a very unique product to market. And the journey itself is going to be one you're not going to miss. Uh, Kevin, how are you doing? And we got a great show teed up, right? No, no. Look, look, I, I saw they were going to be uh, on the show talking about the OME gear, and it just brought all of these painful memories to me about <laughs> walking across hot beach and sand bridge uh, down in Virginia beach. And uh, you know, my feet burning and I'm dropping stuff all over the place and not enough room in the little trailer I had, you know, and then I saw this thing. Oh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give it away, but I tell you, it was, oh, so it was a great show. <laughs> all right. So Kevin, man, you just laid out something that probably all of our audience, regardless of wherever they are, can relate to. And so if that you if you're feeling those pains, you're in the right place. Uh, so really excited about our guest today. With no further ado, Kevin, I want to welcome in our featured guest here, Jules Weldon, co-founder and CEO at OME Gear, and her colleague, a longtime childhood friend of mine, a really cool member of the Aiken community, Stacy Pierce, also a co-founder and CEO at OME Gear. Stacy and Jules, how are we doing? Oh, man. Thank you so much. We're honored to be here, actually. We were, we've been <laughs> looking forward to this. This was on my best bucket list was to be on your show. Oh, wow. wow. To be on Man. your bucket list. It's getting thick. It's getting thick around here, uh, but we'll take it anyway. I've never been on the other side of a bucket list. This is, like, this is a bucket list. Man, it's a first. It's a first. Well, uh, kidding aside, to our listeners, we had a great time in the pre-show. Uh, we should we should release that maybe as a, as a follow-up show, but outstanding conversation teed up. But Kevin, where we're going to start with our featured guests here. Let's get to know them a little bit better. So I have a little bit of a head start with Stacy. So I'm going to start with Jules first. So Jules, tell us where you grew up and you got to give us the goods from your upbringing. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Scott and Kevin. We, Like Stacy said, we are really honored actually to be on the show. So thank you for giving us this platform. We appreciate it to tell the story. Um, so I grew up in um, right outside of Philadelphia in Westchester, Pennsylvania. Grew up with six kids in my family. So four brothers and one sister. Okay. I'm, I'm in the middle. So it's kind of like the Brady Bunch. There's eight years in between the three and the three. Um, my mom said if she had to do it all over again, she would have had four more in between the two sets of, of kids because um, oh. it was eight years. But, but she didn't. Uh, we have a really close family, very close to my siblings. And the majority of them still live up in the Pennsylvania area, but I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. So I get the entrepreneurial spirit very honest. Uh, my mom started a bakery 20 years, or I'm sorry, 50, gosh, 50 52 probably years now. 52 or three years ago wow. now. And my brother, 10 year, my youngest brother, 10 years or so, uh, took it over. And like sometimes happens, he really propelled the growth of the business and got national exposure and all of that. So really cool wedding cake and party cake business and pastries and all of that. So very proud of that upbringing for sure. I got to ask you a quick question. Have you ever read the E-Myth 
and I can't remember the author. Y'all have. That's based yeah, yeah. On, and it's based on a bakery. And it really, it, it offers universal lessons that I think anyone can relate to. Y'all have read this? Oh, yes. It's one of our favorite yeah. books. Okay. Yeah, it's, a, it's a great book. Every um, entrepreneur needs to read that book. Yeah. You know, that's what my dear friend Enrique Alvarez told me. In fact, he yeah. said, if I didn't read it, he was going to break my arm. So I read that very quickly. <laughs> Kevin Enrique promises uh, you better believe <laughs> that's right you don't want to mess with Enrique but hey Enrique we love you if you're listening to the to, to today's show all right so Jules I love how entrepreneurialism is in your veins it's in your families it's kind of what y'all do things it's part of how, how you view the world and it's really cool that your mom started a bakery and then your brother took it over and they also play I think your parents we'll get to this in a minute maybe play a role in uh, the beginnings of uh, what we're going to talk about in terms of the journey y'all are on. So we'll get to that in a second. One quick follow-up question before we, we, we jump over to Stacy. So it sounds like you were, uh, Jules, surrounded by not only entrepreneurial thinking, but delicious food as a kid. Let's talk, you know, share something from that or, or toys. Did you grow up a Phillies fan? What else, what else was inseparable from your childhood? That's fun. That's fun that you asked that question, Scott. So I actually, I actually hated working in the bakery because the bakery was in the bottom of our house and we actually, my parents built a, a very large home with the entire bottom of the house being the bakery. So it always smelled like cakes, which a lot of people, <laughs> that's amazing. But to me, I think now like I'm a salty person, not a sweet person. And I think mm. it's because I grew up around so much cake and sweetness, but I, I hated it because we'd have to go to school and then come home and work in the bakery downstairs and flip out cakes and wash pans. <laughs> and then I had to, I learned how to decorate cakes. And so I started doing that. And so that actually was, it's, it's interesting. It's like, you don't really appreciate something until you're on until you mature a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. And so once I matured, I realized what a massive benefit that was to me and my upbringing and my growth and all of that. But, but I would say as far as fans, and my dad would take us to Phillies games all the time. We would also go to, um, I don't know if you've ever been to dirt track races, mm -hmm. like short yeah. track stock car kind of short track stuff. So I just remember always going to that stuff. My parents are awesome about giving us experiences, right? And not just not just kind of being in the day-to-day -day of like doing activities without it being an experience. And so I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful for that growing up. So thanks for jogging those memories. Yeah, we're going to have to have a show on the pros and cons of child labor later. But, <laughs> <laughs> but aside as, from that, as a child, it's all cons, but as an <laughs> But aside from that, you know, Philly is my city. I'm going to go up there for the Veterans Stadium. I'm a Naval Academy graduate. So I'm up, I was up there every year for, you know, four years straight, whipping up on Army. So that's, great. that's right. Well, as we say, fly, Eagles, fly. Whether it's that, I'm a fan. That's kind of like with us and the Gamecocks. That's right. It. Well, true. <laughs> now, Jules, do you want to sing that song? I think there's a there's like a theme song uh, for the for the <laughs> Philadelphia. No, I, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Voice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. One last thing. Kidding aside, I love what you finished that thought on. You know the importance, the vital importance of parents that give their kids experiences and let them kind of. It kind of helps kids unpack their own view of the world, right? And what they want to do in life. Absolutely. You know, that's certainly, I can, that really resonates with me as, as a father of three, because that's our goal, right? Whatever, help them find their passions 
and then whatever it takes to help them, you know, chase after it. So thank you for sharing that, Jules. All right, Stacy. Yes. We go a way back. So our listeners, just to kind of get to it quick, Stacy and I both grew up in Aiken, South Carolina, right? We went to the same church together. Her brother, Brandon Pierce, is a dear friend. Uh, I looked up to both of them. They were they were the, the cool folks in the city of Aiken, Kevin. Yeah. But Stacy, you know, share for folks that, you know, aren't familiar, tell them about your background and some of those inseparable uh, aspects of your upbringing. Well, as you mentioned, I'm from Aiken, South Carolina, and it's me, my mom, my dad, and my brother, Brandon, who now goes by Pierce Pierce. <laughs> <laughs> name Brandon and everybody knows him as that. So you calling him Brandon is a, you know, I don't hear that very often mm. other than from our family and old friends. So uh, yeah, grew up in Aiken. We went to the same church together, ran into a lot of the same kind of circles because our church was huge and you were a part of Millbrook uh, youth group or another youth group. And, and then we always, you know, intermingled anyway. Aiken's a very small town. Yes, it is. And and you're just friends with everyone. So which was really a it was a blessing uh to grow up in Aiken, South Carolina for sure. And then my background, I mean like, but I couldn't it's so funny, I I couldn't wait to get out of Aiken uh when I was there. <laughs> now I'm like, if we ever have to go somewhere, let, we'll go to Aiken just because the connections and the community the type of community it, it is, but so yeah, um, just I'll have to say, coming into it, I've never seen a town like Aiken, where I mean, Stace is connected to so many people from her growing up years, and then it's like if you haven't stayed in touch, when you get back in touch, mm -hmm. it's you immediately pick right back up, which mm -hmm. is. Aiken is something special. Yeah. I mean, even wow. between we have rival high schools, you had South Aiken or Aiken High, but we were still friends with everybody. <laughs> only only when we played against them, we weren't like really friends. Mm -hmm. And then after that, <laughs> we would all go party together. <laughs> uh, so it was, it was just, it is a special, special town that we're from. But yeah, you know, just a, a normal middle-class family we were raised in. I think my parents were big on experiences as well. And I think that kind of leads into where we are in our, and with our business and our product is creating experiences for families. That's right. Giving families the opportunity oh, to create experiences. Mm -hmm. Well, Hey, really quick, not only Brandon Pierce, but a big shout out to uh, Billy and Sandra Pierce. I think Billy was uh, a senator. Uh, well, he's a mentor of sorts, and I think he uh, he has an assistant coach for some of these some of these teams you're on. So, mm -hmm. just a great family. So, I uh, want to wish them all hello, and, and who knows, maybe reconnect in Aiken uh, one yep. day. Well, but, I, I will say so. One time, so my mom and did my mom and I played softball. My mom's 72 and still plays softball. Right, oh, the right. oldest softball player I think that is in church league has been. I think she broke the record. She still pitches, <laughs> but at one time. It was my mom pitching. I was the catcher, and my dad was the umpire. Really? <laughs> so it was fixed. The fix was in. Every pitch was a strike. I love that, Jules. <laughs> well, so much to talk about. You know, Mr. Gaddy's Pizza, those secret destinations on those Sunday nights. I don't even remember that uh, when okay. uh, Turtle Top uh, first came around. And uh, Stacy was, as I mentioned, kind of like the, the, she was the mayor, guys, uh, Kevin oh, and Jules. So it's great to reconnect. God. But kidding aside, we got to get to Kevin, what they're up to now, because as much as we want to reminisce about our, our past and our childhood and, and some of the cool moments there, they're on you know, quite a journey, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, it sounds like they're really digitally transforming your time at the beach. So I want to understand more 
about uh, OME gear. So how did you guys start with this? I mean, uh, how'd you get from, you know, baking to, uh, you know, beach gear? I just doesn't, the, the connection kind of eludes me. Yeah, no, I I see how that eludes you. Um, <laughs> talking about the experiences that my parents would always create for us, we would um, vacation at Bethany Beach, Delaware every yeah. summer. Then we started, my dad was in the military, he flew helicopters in the military. And so we started, there's actually, he okay. was in the army, National Guard. Oh, no, <laughs> I, was a, I was a carrier pilot in the Navy, but go ahead. All right. Hey, y'all serve and all that. So we're just appreciative for mm. sure, for any branch of the military. But I will, there was a base down in Bethany Beach, which is why we started going there, where we could stay in the barracks for mm. like five bucks a night. So I mean, where there's six kids and you know, not a ton of money. And so we ended up um, vacationing in the barracks and we would walk across the street to the beach and go to the beach every, you know, every day. And we had to carry all of our stuff over there. Um, yeah. But once we kind of advanced and my parents started making more money and all of that, we actually ended up progressing to get a condo on the boardwalk, which was nice. We thought we were oh, like, yeah. we had arrived. Highfalutin. That's right. But my parents were sitting on the boardwalk and they watched one day and they watched this single, she was by herself, woman, come off the beach with three kids and she was miserable. And my mm. mom and dad, they just said, gosh, going to the beach should never be a hard experience. It's such a joy for us. It should never be a hard experience. And so they kind of the typical American story, American dream, where they went up to the their condo room and napkin sketched out, which I wish we still had the napkin, but mm. a napkin sketched out this lounger that if you flipped it up the other way it would become a basically like a dolly so my dad got it patented um, and that was before beach carts were all the rage and my dad got it patented and tried to take it to market and just had no idea how to do it and so hey, jules really quick yeah. if i can ask you just about the patent did he i've heard i've never gotten a patent again y'all the we got the three intelligent ones on the other side of the zoom screen here but when you fought when he filed that patent did he go through an attorney or did he i've heard you can you can put your idea and mail it off to the patent office and you kind of get a an easy patent that way how quick how easy was it was it for him to get a patent well this was way before google too yeah. so this was back in the 90s yeah 90s. really yeah, 1998, actually. So 23 years ago. But um, it, I, the process was hard and it was expensive. And mm. so after the first couple tens of thousands of dollars and getting the you know engineering to do drawings and my mom was like, honey, you can't keep dumping money down this hole. And so my dad agreed. And so he just kind of set it up on the shelf and, and just let let that dream sit there, which I bet you a lot of your listeners can relate to. Everybody has an idea, right? Mm. But not everybody takes it to market or knows how to take it to market. Yeah. And so then so fast forward 12 years, I was working for as a business management consultant for a large consulting firm and got tired of working 80 hours a week for somebody else. And so at one, you know, these moments where you just don't forget them mm. at 1.30 in the morning, I sat up in bed and I thought about my dad's idea called the, it was called the beach caddy. And so I called him at eight 30 that morning, um, knowing that he'd be awake. And I said, Hey dad, what would you think about me trying to take your product to market? My dad is one of our now, but certainly one of my heroes in this world. He's an amazing man. He started crying and said, honey, that would be a dream come true. Now, 12 wow. years later from when he set it on the shelf. And so he said, I'll give you everything. So he assigned the patent over to me. 
And patents only really have a life of about 17 years um, Mm. once they're granted. And so I had about four or five years left on that patent. Um, And so he assigned that over to me, but it was really kind of Frankenstein at that point. I mean, you know, with designs changing and all of that. So, But Joel's in advance from the napkin to probably some (laughs) engineering designs by then. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do have those, which is, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we have a whole document that's like the evolution of OME gear and over wow. 23 years. Yeah. And so, um, so he assigned everything over to me and I ended up going into one of my colleagues, who's one of my mentors at PwC and just said, Hey, you know, John, what do you think about this? And he said, well, how much research have you done? And I said, as much as I know how to do, you know, and he said, I think you're onto something. So the next day I came back in and I said, would you be my business partner? Um, Because think about it. I'm from a family of eight, six kids and a mom and dad. I've never done anything alone. I mean, I am a very much a team player, a Mm -hmm. partnership player. And so he was flabbergasted and said, absolutely. So he and I moonlit and long, long story short, one of our clients was a manufacturer. And so we took them out to dinner and showed them the product and said, Hey, would you consider being our contract manufacturer? And they said, we like your idea so much. We would like to buy 60% of your company. Well, it It wasn't, it was just a concept, right. That we'd been moonlighting on. So we ended up saying yes. And we thought it was a marriage made in heaven until we realized it wasn't. And Stace always says, give people six months to show you they're crazy, right? Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Six, six months. And if you start, actually, if you start living by that, it will blow you away how true it is. And not, not to show you that they are crazy, but to show you what their crazy is, right? We all have it. Like we all have a little bit of crazy in us. And it usually doesn't come out until six months, but you see it after six months. And so long, long story short, and the easy way to say it and the kind way to say it is our values did not align. And so a long process and a really grueling process in 2014, I actually ended up walking away from that company Mm. and basically saying, I would rather flip burgers at McDonald's than work with you guys and try to take this product to market. So if I can ask you a quick follow-up there and Kevin, I'd I'd love to, that decision with that business, that, that incredibly high level of business maturity, it's not a decision you want to make but it's one that, that you've got to kind of pull up every fiber of your being and be willing to step out from what was yours and, and your father's. A lot of yeah. people aren't, they're not willing to take that massive step. And this, this is a big, bold, difficult decision. How did you, so how did you, um, how, how did you make it? Like, did you consult back with your dad and, you know, kind of lay out what was going on and then, you know, who, who was your big supporter as you were making a really tough decision? Well, this woman right here was my big supporter for sure. I mean, mm. we had multiple conversations about it. Um, I talked to John was a dear friend and mentor of mine. Um, he had actually gotten fired and that's a whole other story. That's way more fun to tell over cocktails, <laughs> um, but not because of any fault of his, that right. is for sure. So there was just one thing after another. And it's really interesting. I'm a very, I'm a very loyal person. I've always been that. My family is that. We're committed. Our word is our word. And so for me to walk away from my dad's and mom's dream and my dream, thank you for noticing how hard that was. I mean, it was 
honestly, it was one of the hardest things in my life. And I'm like a dog to a bone where I don't give up on something until I know I've been released. And there came a moment at the National Hardware Show in 2014, and Stace wasn't there, but we talked all the time. Where I was at home taking care of the house, and she was <laughs> the show. Yeah, but, <laughs> but we knew, you know, after multiple conversations, I said, I, I literally cannot do this anymore. So on the plane ride home is where I wrote a three-page resignation letter. That was really more for me than for them. They probably didn't even read that letter. Mm. But for me, I needed to say all of the reasons why I was walking away. It was not an easy decision. And I, as a result, I ended up working at the shrimp docks in Charleston. I came back and I just needed to heal my soul and I needed to be with salt of the earth, good people. And so I went and worked with one of the just very famous and, and renowned shrimpers in Charleston who now unfortunately has passed, but I got the privilege to work with him Mm -hmm. for nine months and making no, hardly no money, but it didn't matter. Money is not an issue when your soul needs to be healed. Right. So, yeah. So that's that's what I did for nine months. And then she got tired of me coming home smelling like shrimp. Well, I'll tell you, yeah, one thing you say is that, you know, loyalty is rare in business. So I'm not surprised you didn't find it. But there's another axiom I wanted to ask you about. And they say that, you know, founders make horrible CEOs. So as you're going through this process of, of making this decision to, to walk away from your dream and your family's dream in, in, in many ways, you know, I'm sure you had to think about, well, is it them or is it me? <laughs> how did you, how did you settle on that? It was them without, you know, really worrying about that. Yeah. I'll say it's always two sides to every story. Right. I mean, and if you, if they were to be fair, if they were on this interview with you right now, They would have a very different side of the story that I honor and I respect. And so for us, our biggest challenge was financial money. And it always has been. And part of that goes into a statistic where only 2% of all funding goes to women. Right. So, so, so it's, it's always been taking a complex product like ours to market is very expensive, but if you only have access to 2.7% of all funding, then that's a massive challenge, right? I think the other thing to be, you know, to kind of be a little bit reflective, I have a strong personality. I have a strong mom. She started a business that's now still going, right? 50 some years later, thankfully, my brother took it over. But oftentimes, unfortunately, if women are strong in business, we're considered, and I apologize if we can't say this, but we're considered the bitch. But if men are strong in business, they're doing their job, Mm -hmm. right? So for us, that has always been a challenge for me where I've lost my voice too many times in business and in personal life that when I give my voice, always a, okay, I need to temper it or give it, right? There's always this really weird back and forth. And so I think they would have said I was too strong and I would have said I'm being a business owner. So if I, I can only imagine kind of that, that constant struggle right? That you just described there. Stacey, I want to get your take here because you you clearly had Jules back. You helped, you know, kind of as an internal consultant, you know, and, and coach and, and supporter describe that timeframe, describe as, as we're, you are making those tough decisions, describe 
what you saw? I mean, I, I, I can't even be nice about it. I mean, it, it was, it was horrible. I would be on the, I mean, obviously we lived in the same home and then um, I would be there and I would hear phone calls and the way they spoke, it was, it was unbelievable for me how she stayed in as long as she did. Mm. I have no idea when they fired her, their, her business partner, who was the foyer into the manufacturing that he was, he was over the manufacturing process and the quality control. When they fired him at six o'clock one night and cut his benefits off at, at midnight at a, for a 68 year old man for, in his family, that just really just, that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. And then, and then when she was at the national hardware show, like I said, I had a corporate job back then. And then they pulled the the brand new one right off the line, the new camo version, and it didn't work. And the new guy who had replaced John was there and he's like, Oh, well, you know, it happens to me. It was, was just another, it would, that was kind of the, the other nail in the coffin to say, you need to, you need to, to leave. And we'll figure it out, you know, it, it, whatever that figuring it out, everything is figure outable, right? But not every relationship is fixable. Right. And so, so let's, let's move on from this. And so when she called and said, I'm ready, I'm done. I was like, hallelujah. For six months or so, I had seen the way they just spoke to her and the demands and how they pushed, you know, they had a marketing budget of 12,000 and they knocked her down. They're like, no, now you're only going to have 2,500, you wow. know? And it's really, it was really hard. I felt like I was trying to run a marathon and every step they were cutting off parts of her legs. Mm. And, and, mm. and so that was, it was just hard to see, but she had to come to that own, her own conclusion on it. I just had to be the support behind it. Well, I see there were so, so many good entrepreneurial lessons in that story. But, you know, you came out of the end, which out of the end of that journey with uh, something that's really um, stupendous, uh, uh, amazing, I, I, I like to say. I want to I want to talk, I want you to talk about that core product, right? What, you know, the thing that came off the assembly line when uh, it all worked. <laughs> so I kind of want to take it back. So Jules's dad came up with the two-in-one concept. So it was the dolly that transformed into a lounge chair. And then, mm-hmm. and then Jules's product, other product was a chair that locked into a base and became a cart. So that was a three-in-one. So in 2014, when she walked away, we were done. We weren't, we weren't going to even look at another beach camping product or whatever. And then around, and so we actually in 2015 started our own business coaching firm called a salty room mm-hmm. after it healed her soul. And we, we both had a business background. I had been on the, the ground floor of nine startups. So wow. I was in the medical world and Stacey, I had no idea. Not that's a ton of incredibly valuable experience. I never, never knew that about you. Yeah. Nine startups. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, you know, I was, I mean, I either worked in them or did them for other people, anything from building an adult day center for dementia care to a home care company, to a restaurant, to a catering business. So, I mean, all over the map. So, you know, we started our business consulting firm because we both had the, the business knowledge to help other people. In about 2016, we just kind of looked at each other and it was like this nagging, like this gnat, you know, <laughs> it was like <laughs> build a cart and they will come. The <laughs> <laughs> and 
And so we're like, man, this idea just won't go away. And so we're like, what if we do something different and we take all the consumer feedback from the other product, you know, it was too big, it was too bulky, blah, 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 all these things Mm -hmm. and and design something new. And uh, so, yeah, we just started, just started partnering with people and and we were just coming out, we're like, okay, we don't want it just to be a beach product. We want people to be, to create experiences wherever you are. Anytime you need to haul something and have a seat or lay down when you get there, we want it to be an experience wherever you are because someone mm-hmm. in Montana, they don't have a beach. Right. Or, right. you know, or, and so we need to also look at colors. You know, it's, it's, it's literally all encompassing thinking on a product it, to get it out to the masses. And so it was like, we need something that's going to be for the beach, camping. Uh, <clears throat> children's sporting events, picnicking, uh, wherever, music, tailgating, tailgating festivals, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Universal, right? You want universal, even though we lived at the beach. But we also needed it to be universal that it not only rolled on sand, but it also rolled on, on rocks. Right, and right. so there was, a, there was a lot of that went into it. And so in 2016, like I said, the idea just never went away. Well, in 2008, 17 mm-hmm. we finally came up with the iteration of what you see today with the, which is the five and one five and one called oh, the wanderer mm-hmm. wanderer so right. since 2018 so it so it's been a, a journey because the former company in 2018 they actually dissolved our company then um, they mm-hmm. dissolved that in 2018 and the 5,000 units that we had in the warehouse, they sold for scrap metal. And wow. so all it's just, it's a crazy story. But once they dissolved that company and we actually took the patent that I had gotten with them on the former product, because I had gotten a new patent, I took, we took that to the attorney and said, we need to create a patent that doesn't infringe on this, on our new product. And so that's kind of what we did. We used that. So we're free and clear from those guys, which is, which is a great thing. Yeah. Wow, you have, you seem to you have learned so much about product design, about marketing, about manufacturing, contract manufacturing, what to do and what not to do. So, can you maybe you know give us some tips there? You know, what, <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing. I mean, I'm taking notes. So, uh, what have you learned over the, the last couple of years? Oh, wow. That is, that is a loaded question. Uh, We're still learning. I'll tell you what I've learned. I've learned Mm -hmm. that the more I learn, the less I know. Yeah. That's honestly, and I I don't mean that to be anything, but honestly, the more I learn every day, and we just talked about this every day, I go to bed so exhausted. And I'm like, why is that? Because I'm sitting at the computer or I'm on on Zoom calls or we're doing demos for people or whatever. Why is it? Because it's not physically demanding, but it's so mentally taxing to be in this role that we're in, taking a product to market that's never been done before and create in a space that's male dominated. So we're, you know, females and entrepreneurs and inventors in a male dominated space of outdoor gear plus manufacturing. And I honestly feel like every day I'm like, I don't know what in the hell I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Before I throw it back to Scott, I want to ask one more question. Yeah, one please, more. please. Is is that the genesis of the less, more, more shucking green tea? I tell <laughs> you, I saw that online and I said, 
It's got to be a story behind that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, that so that story we partnered with a really dear friend of ours who's an oyster farmer in South Carolina. And we did a whole raise the money for the oysters. And um, so we had some t-shirts left over. So yeah. anybody who's an oyster, an oyster eater will connect with that t-shirt yeah. for sure. Yeah. Man, Kevin, you are so perceptive. I'll tell you, he, he took a deep dive into the OME gear store. That was way back too. I didn't even, it didn't even register. Until <laughs> well, so I want to pick back up on that last question, because I know y'all learned so much. And you're still learning to, to Jules, what you're saying there, but you know, whether it's oysters in you know, States, one thing that, that, that I can recall from when, back when we were kids. And then some of the things you mentioned is that philanthropic, you know, passion that you have. Right. Uh, and that, that seems to kind of be something that, that you've always revisited. And it's, and it's a big part of your journey, regardless of what you're doing. And, and it just dawned on me as both of y'all were speaking about uh, some of those things you did as a kid. And, and it just kind of continues to manifest itself into what you're doing now as entrepreneurs. One quick follow-up question. Is there one thing, so thinking of anyone that's listening to this podcast here, maybe they're they're fighting with a patent. Maybe they're trying to, they've got already got a great idea. Maybe it already, maybe it's already patented and they're trying to find the right partner, engineering, you know, manufacturing partner to bring it to life. What's, is there one tip? I know there's plenty, but you know, one of the things that would come to my mind, Stacey, is, is you, maybe you got a date for, you know, you can't just you know, get married you know, after a couple of days, you can need that six months to kind of really make sure the relationship and the expertise and the crazy is right. But what else, maybe what else would you add to that? I mean, that first of all, I'd like to even go on that point. Um, Jules and I have, we have been burned so many times because we, we go into relationships trusting, you know, mm. it's like a, it's like a bank account, you know, you don't lose, you know, it's, it's a full bank account. And then, and then, you know, people, they start ticking away at it. And then eventually it's empty and you can't trust anyone. Right. But, you know, but we always go in instead of letting them prove to us, we always go in with the full bank account and then let them tick away, which what we're learning is we need to, we need to let, we need to take time and, and fill that bank account mm -hmm. and, and, and notice those red flags. And I always say in, in our, in our personal coaching and our business coaching in the U S and it may be different in another country, but mm -hmm. have you ever seen a yellow light turn green? Most in the U S all yellow lights turn red. Yes. Right. And so if there is a yellow flag, most likely it's going to turn into a red one. And this is something we've literally had to learn on the go while we're driving the car 90 miles per hour, because so many times we're asking people to come in and ride with us. And before we know it, they are, they're just not, they don't follow They don't have the same values as us. Mm. They, they want to build hurdles instead of breaking down the barriers. And that's something that we're, we, we struggle with daily is how do you, how do we vet people where it, 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 we don't need to take six months. And, and that's something that we're still learning uh, as, as entrepreneurs and as people in the manufacturing world, because there's so many manufacturers that will take advantage of you. Um, but also what we're learning is bringing in the right people, the right mentors, the right people that can come in and say, hey, can you look at this? Bringing in the right attorneys. Not every attorney is, is, does the same thing. So you need a patent attorney, you need a business attorney. So, and as, so you need to make sure you're talking to the right attorney for the situation you're in. You, you might want to add on that too. I just, 
that, there's so much goodness in what you yeah. should. It's like a, I got a little mini master class yeah. over the last 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, one thing that's important though is entrepreneurship is a team sport. It is that's a right. team sport. That's right. Just for instance, we met with a gentleman. I met a, we met a gentleman at the National Hardware Show yesterday, and it's all about building connections and relationships. And that's what Jules and I are all. That's another huge value of ours, is we don't always wanting we don't want to always go to people wanting something. How can we give back? How can right. we help you in the process? But we met with a gentleman yesterday who's been in the manufacturing space for probably thirty or forty years, and now he's a mentor. Um, this is the first time I've ever taken a product to market. And so I still, you know, I am learning, but now I have somebody that I can go to and show the manufacturing agreements. So, because I've, because we've gotten burnt in the past. So now I have somebody that actually is in my court on my side that can sit with me and redline and go through the process with me. So I'm, we're not out there doing it by ourselves. Right. So I think that's exactly it. It's finding somebody that's not on the, other side trying to sell you something because they'll convince you of what they want you to buy all day long. Right. Right. And so, yeah, if you're trusting, you'll go, okay, yeah, that sounds great. Let's go. But if you can have somebody else that's objective, that's not as close to it as you are and as married to it as you are, look at whatever they're selling and promising you and go, yeah, no, that's not going to (laughs) work. taking that yeah. advice, right? That's, it, that's all the difference in the world. And mm. so we're learning that. And, and for your listeners who have a product, always have somebody else look at that manufacturing agreement. Do not, do not hold it at face value and do not sign a huge PO. Mm. We made that mistake. We know we've made that mistake. So because you have to test it out, right? You need to test the market. And so figure out what the lowest PO is <coughs> and then and then if, it, if it's a good marriage after that six months or that year that you're in the business, we are right. partnering with them. That way you're not locked into a lot of, uh, a lot of money up front to a, a manufacturer. Excellent points. That piloting and experimenting, uh, experimentation is so critical. And, and you are reinforcing that point, making the tough decisions. I mean, there's so many things y'all, y'all touched on, making the tough decisions. Yellow lights always lead to red lights here, at least in the States. I've never thought about that. Uh, right. And vetting, even you know, six months, is, as we all know here, is an eternity in startup world. But how can we vet people to the point where we, we know that they're, they're the experts and oftentimes, hopefully, the objective experts that we need based on you know the, the needs of the day or the needs of the week or what have you. And that's just uh, scr- uh, scratching the tip of the iceberg. Kevin, yeah. before I ask them about a eureka moment, there's so much more to the story. And by the way, listeners, check out omegear.com. I want to make sure that's that's out there because at the very top of the website, every human is going to be able to relate to this. Outdoor adventures are fun. Getting there is often not. That's, that's where the wander <laughs> comes in. But yeah, Kevin, right. before we talk entrepreneurialism with Stace and Jules here, what else did you hear there that our listeners have got, you know, they, they can't miss? Well, the other thing is that this is a, continual learning process as well. I mean, uh, Stacey and Jules talked about how much they learned along the process and they learned from their network. So the importance of your network as for mentoring, for learning, and your network is your team. Mm. And your network can also provide that objective view 
of things. So, I mean, a lot of people really underestimate the power and value of the, the network. Right. Uh, I completely agree. Okay. So I want to, you know, we're learning a lot from Stace and Jules in this journey. Yeah. We're going to get to some big news here in just a second, but I want to give y'all one more chance rather, you know, kind of not from an OME gear journey, but kind of from a broader entrepreneurial uh, journey. You know, I bet y'all both have had some eureka moments like we all have had. Goodness, sometimes they come by the hour here, here in these recent years, <laughs> right? But what's been one thing that really sting, uh, you know, stands out to you that's something you've learned about yourself as an entrepreneur or about the path uh, in these last couple of years? And, and Stacey, uh, I'm sorry, Jules, let's go back to you and we'll, we'll come back to Stacey. Yesterday, we went on a hike. We're in Tucson, Arizona right now. And it was in a canyon and there weren't any other people around. It was just Stace and I. And when we first walked in, there was a sign that said mountain lions have been spotted. Be aware. Mm. And then as we walk in, not, gosh, not even half a mile, quarter mile, there's a snake that's about six foot long that crosses the path. And, and it was, it was, I went screaming. Yeah. <laughs> Let's keep it real. We got to keep yeah. it real. Yeah. I would too. So because Stace, I, I have a fear of snakes. Stace has a massive fear of snakes. And so I took one for the team and I walked first. We had walking sticks, but I found myself getting incredibly fearful with every passing step, looking in every nook and every cranny for a mountain lion, looking up on the, because they said they'd been spotted, right? right. So, here, so now, then what I do is I go in my head, I'm like, okay, if a mountain lion, and then I think of that video where the guy captures it, he's running and the mountain lion chases him, right? <laughs> And so I'm literally playing all these things out in my head while trying to be the strong leader that's walking up in front. And I found myself going down a massive spiral. And I was like, it sounds silly and whatever, but it was really real. And I, so I communicated it, number one, to Stace. I'm like, I'm really afraid. I'm actually like really afraid. And she said, is this more fearful to you than driving the RV? And I said, because that's part of our story that I'm sure we'll talk about, but I said, it's as fearful, which is a very, that's like a nine or 10 out of a one to 10 for me. And she was like, wow. And she goes, okay, let me just lead. And so she got in front and she led, and I was literally able to come out of my spiral because I was, she was leading. And for some reason I was able to regain my whatever. So I tell that story because that for me has been our lives for the last since 2018, when we mm. picked this thing back up, where it literally feels fearful. I mean, the fear that I feel every day is palpable. It's real. It's holy. I have to lead this company, right? Obviously with, with my partner here, but every day. And if I get into a downward spiral, I am no benefit to anyone, mm. right? I mm play out all the scenarios that can happen in my head. It's I'm not any benefit to anyone. And so Stace and I have this philosophy together. We have a lot of them that are actually really meaningful to us. One of them is this tattoo out, love, out, give. We both have mm. it. That's our philosophy for life where we just want to out love and out give people. That's the philanthropic thing that you talked about. Thankfully we share that, but the other one is the little red wagon. And this is Stace brought this into us. When one of us is tired, we sit in the wagon and the other pulls mm. And then flip-flop, right? And sometimes we both just have to sit in the wagon and go, you know what? We're not moving anywhere. 
or we can mm-hmm. scooch, right? That this goes really slow. So for me, whatever the lesson is in all of that, I just experienced it again yesterday. So you said you have eureka moments every day. Mm-hmm. And mine was, mine. my most recent one was yesterday where I was like, I need Stace so much. And, and I could, I don't want to keep talking about it because I'll start crying and then I ugly cry and it's no, never <laughs> but it's, but that is so beautiful to me of the power of a partner or people that you trust mm-hmm. around you to go. It's, it's okay to be scared and I've got mm-hmm. you. So yes. let me get a chance. Let me get Kevin uh, before we, we, we switch over to Stace and, and get her response to that and her own Eureka moment, Kevin, uh, your take there. So I, um, once again, you're, you're always learning, but you also have to be open to, to learning, right? And uh, you can't learn unless you welcome it. So and it's, it's important for you to, to recognize that. And, you know, clearly you, see, you can see this partnership feeds on each other. They feed on each other in this partnership. And that's, that's what a valuable network does. Yeah, agreed. And you got to be honest with yourself. You know, and and own up to the fear of the situation, or when you're tired to recognize it. You know, we 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 can make a bunch of mistakes by fooling fooling ourselves into not acknowledging these very human uh, feelings and and positions that we're in. And and uh, so, it's nice to sit in a little red wagon from time to time and kind of recharge. But so, Stacy, so much goodness in what Jules just shared there. So it's gonna be tough to top. Um, you know, my is I can cook a full dinner in an RV. <laughs> <laughs> no, not just a dinner. It will, it will knock your socks off. Yes. I've seen yeah. pictures. Yeah. You know, your, your, your massive Facebook following. Count me amongst them. I've seen some of the culinary adventures as part of your journey as well. But Kevin, you were going to say something before we switch over to yeah, was Also that I, I wanted to also pull out. One of the things that's important when you're working that's valuable network. Uh, is emotion and empathy. And it is well-known fact that women have more emotion, more empathy than men. So the question is, why does only one or 2% of investments in, are in you know, women CEOs or, or women founders? So when you're, you know, if you're thinking about being an entrepreneur, if you're a man or a woman, you should have, understand the importance of empathy and emotion in being successful as an entrepreneur. That's so well said, because I would take it a step further. You know, the empathy is so critical to understanding the pain in the market that you're looking to address and provide a solution for and build a business on. And yeah. so it really makes no sense to your point, uh, Kevin. So we got some heavy lifting, dude, to make sure that you know the investment community is providing opportunities for all, for sure. Okay, Stacy, officially. So Eureka moments from an entrepreneurial standpoint. Um, my, I mean, obviously, I could, I could just say a big ditto and and kind of bow out of this because that I think that is <laughs> very. It's it, she's exactly right. We do live by those those moments. Um, 
and this journey, especially in the past year has been super tough uh, on us, but also me, but not on us as a couple, um, us as a partnership and a couple, it actually has brought us together. It's really weird where most times it would drive a wedge through, pe through people. It seems like in our hardest moments, our sorrows are divided and, and then it just brings us closer together. It's just mm -hmm. like, we don't have this opposition against each other. I think uh, Eureka Moment is is someone that Jules and I also talk about and that you brought it up earlier, Kevin, is founders do not make good CEOs. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, when we first started this business or this company, you know, we we kind of we kind of we were talking about roles and 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 what what we needed to be called and and we both put CEO on it because CEO obviously gets you in the door more than, you know, whatever, another title, a mm -hmm. director or, or, you know, just head a, bottle just, washer, whatever right. it, it gets you, in, it gets you in the door. It opens doors for you. Right. And, and it's a very unfortunate that, that that's the way the world works. Sort of assumptions that people make. Is it, exactly. And Jules and I both have come to the conclusion that we are not good CEOs. Now, Jules, is, and this is something I had to kind of back down on my ego a little bit because I've always been a leader. I mean, Scott, you know that. I was always a leader in Aiken um, in anything we did in sports or um, in, in projects, initiatives, uh, campaigns. Absolutely. And, and so I have always been a leader and I've always thought of myself as a leader, even building uh, other companies for other people. I took the leadership role in those. And so, but this is Jules. This is her. This is her family legacy, right? This was her parents' original concept, and so I had to like throw my ego out the door and say, you know what? This is you're the. Fa I mean, we're the face of the company, but she is the leader of the, our company, and and I'm just like I'm the the support. I get to help. I get to hold her up, which is that's where I'd prefer to be anyway. Mm. Um, but we what we did my eureka moment is is then I didn't really feel like I had a purpose. If Jules was the leader in the company, where was my, where was my purpose? I am more in the, sir. I like to, I like to serve. Um, and I just, um, and so with our next project, I will get to tap into that, that part of me. But one day we were sitting and I just started creating, I, I have an inventor's mind. If you look at my notebook, I have, I have all kinds of inventions. I have a roadmap of, of products that we're going to tap into later after the wanderers in the market and really in the market really well, because that's what we need to focus on. But I started just working with the manufacturer and started working with the design process. And that's where I lit up. And I was like, uh, this is where I need to be. Wow. Uh, I literally dream. I have dreams at night. I'm an inventor. I'm a visionary on that. Um, I'm not always the best executor. Things. Mm. I, I can have the vision. And I know that about me. I am not a details person. Only when I'm catering and cooking am I details. But I, do, I don't measure anything. So I'm really not. Jules is the one that will read something through and through and redline it. I'm like, oh, yeah, it looks great. I don't know. I mean, I'm just not that person. Right. Never have been, but I am a, I am a visionary. But so that was my Eureka moment. I think is realizing my role in the company mm -hmm. is not necessarily the leader of the company. Jules is our leader. The, you know, the, the supporting actor is, is my role um, in, in this. It's know thyself, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's right. And being perfectly content, you know, mm -hmm. You don't have to be this. You don't have to be that. You know, you can do what you want, do what you're 
you know, where your crazy is, right? Yeah. That applies to your skill sets and, and your passion, all that stuff. So I love that. That's a big lesson for our listeners, uh, what both of y'all have shared here, because I think once you're at peace with who you are, you know, life gets easier, right? I mean, uh, especially as an entrepreneur, right? Because I, what I've found is this journey that we're on as founders uh, in startup world, you got no challenge or no shortage of, of external challenges. And man, if you're, while well, I subscribe to the fake it till you make it to some degree, but still at, at the heart of it, you've got to be at peace with who you are. And it's a lot easier to lean into these challenges that we're going to have as founders and, and uh, business leaders. So, yeah, it's also good to, to recognize that if you're an entrepreneur, no one has been there before. That means there isn't a right and a wrong. Right. Right. There <laughs> right. so isn't you're, a right and a wrong. So you're, so you're so right. There's not a there's not a book on the shelf in the Aiken County Public Library that says how to build wonder into a global prod, you know, global <laughs> smash. You're, you're making all these decisions, big and small. It's a, it's a culmination. So I want to make sure. All right, we're going to tackle some big news in just a second, but uh, I want to kind of flip these next two questions. Since we're talking about the wonder, the five in one, solving the issues, not just at the beach, as Jules mentioned, camping, events, tailgating. There's there's so many different uses. Where can folks find beyond at omegear.com because you can purchase the wander from your website, right? Mm -hmm. Yep, you sure can. We got beach season coming up and that's just one of many uses, but where else can folks? Because I think part of the big news is how just how easy it is to find the wander, right? Jules? Yeah. Yeah. So um, we're on a bunch of dot coms. Um, we're on Amazon. We're on Huckberry.com doing really well mm. on Huckberry.com. We're in all 14 distribution centers for true value, which is wow. Wow. That's huge. Um, yeah, it, it is really huge actually. And it's pretty unheard of that a big retailer like that will bring in a new product and a new company in all 14 of their DCs. Typically what happens is you'll see us really soon on outlets like um, campingworld.com and homedepot.com and lowes.com and all of those are in setup right now. Um, so what these large companies like to do is they like to test it first on the .com to see how it mm -hmm. does. And if it does well, they'll bring them into their retail locations. True value is different. Um, they said, we love this product so much. And the, the head buyer at the National Hardware Show came by and talked to Stace. And he was with another, you know, lower or another buyer, but this was a senior buyer. And he said, I want this in true values. And the guy said, okay, I'll introduce them to the category buyer. And the senior buyer said, nope, I want, I want to shepherd this. And so wow. he actually shepherded it through is bringing us into all 14 DCs. They're rolling out marketing for us. They're really, awesome. they believe that this is going to be one of their top selling new products this year, um, which is just really thrilling. So um, definitely they'll be able to find us in true values. Obviously, certainly coastal um, stores will, will very clearly have it. So we're, we're, um, we're in a bunch of places now. We're going to be all over really soon. All over, all over. Yeah. You know, this Everywhere. is... Yeah. <laughs> wonder is everywhere. The wonder is everywhere. And, and Kevin, <laughs> hey, as um as as they were describing the product earlier, and I was kind of watching the, the video that's on their website. Hey, when we when we land on the moon, oh Elon Musk, we're gonna be there sooner. We'll have to maybe tap into Kevin's NASA <laughs> network because yeah. there might be some moon e exploration uh, applications. Yeah, but yeah. kidding aside, 
Jules and Stacy, it's remarkable. And and kudos to True Value that's willing to make those big commitments. But I didn't know about the um, all the other retailers that clearly you folks are gonna be able to go to and Home find Depot it. and Lowe's. Right. Wow. <laughs> Man. Yeah. I mean, we're not set up on them yet, but we're in the process of making that happen. They'll so. be there soon. Yeah. All right. So we're talking big, big news. And Kevin, you got some big news. I'm going to touch on in a second, but let's talk reality TV for a second because uh, America's big deal. Stacy, tell us about America's big deal. Well, you know, it, it, that was, so we, um, like I said, Jules and I love building relationships and, and just, just entering, entering in with people. And it's not about what they can do for us. It's like, how can we all join together and do things for each other and build each other up in the world that we're living in now, uh, especially with everything with manufacturing and supply and demand and logistics and everything. And so um, we have become just not, not friends, but, you know, very close colleagues with some people at the National Hardware Show. And because we've been there and we've won awards and, and, you know, they like, people love award winners. And so one of the head people reached out to us, y'all need to check out this new TV show coming on next season and apply for it. So we did, we've looked at it and we're like, oh my, we need to, we need to be on the show. (laughs) And so we, Filled out the application and sent it in and, uh, and we didn't hear anything. And about, I guess about a month or two later, we get a, we get an email and said, we love your product, but it's too, it's going to be, we, we're not going to take it because it's too expensive for the show. <laughs> wow. and of course, Jules and I, yeah, we don't necessarily always take no for an answer. And so we were like, wait a second, this is, there's got to be more. So we wrote them and said, we understand why you're saying no to us, but here's why you need to say yes. And we went in and we told them our whole story. We told them that we sold our home. We're living in an RV. We sold our home to save our company. We're living in an RV. We're traveling around a branded RV. We just told them the whole story. And like two weeks later on a Friday night, we were in Mobile, Alabama. And they called and they said, "Um, can you fly out on Sunday uh, to New Jersey and start filming B-roll for the show? And we're like, did we make it? And they're like, oh, we really can't say yet, but we're going (laughs) to go ahead. We could not fly out then because Sunday was our anniversary. I don't know why we wanted to celebrate in Mobile, Alabama. No, we're there. We were there for we were there for a, an event, but and so we, we said we could be there first thing Tuesday morning, and so we flew out uh, Monday night and 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 started filming. And uh, yeah, so we got there. And if you watch this show, you see that we are we were the most expensive product on the show. Um, <laughs> uh, and but we won, and we we congratulations. Yes, we actually sold out before we even got to pitch. Uh, so that was that was kind of a telltale sign that people really wanted this product. And um, and then we uh, won and got got the deal with QVC. And yeah. this show was produced by a joy and I always say her name wrong. Mangano. Mangano. Okay. Wow, There's does. so much there. And, and, yes. and I know we're just getting like the reader's digest version, but congratulations. America's big deal. And that was, that was, uh, how long ago was that? October. End of October. October. Okay. Uh, so that was a first sound. It sounds like, or, or an early domino that fell that's led to all these other dominoes as uh, the wanderer takes over the world. Uh, I'm a bit partial, but it's awesome. It is awesome to see. All right. So Kevin, speaking of big news, because both of you know, America's big deal. We got the, the dynamic duo here. 
that were the big deal. And then Kevin, you've got four days to save the world. Tell us about that. Yeah, four days to save the world. Season two premieres on Earth Day tomorrow um, on all the streaming channels. It's on uh, Apple and Hulu and Voodoo and all the news. <laughs> <laughs> Amazon Prime, right? <laughs> so this, so hopefully, Kevin, since we'll publish this, you know, uh, a few days after. It goes live. We should be able to add direct uh, add direct links to the episode yes. or the um, the season to the, the episode season. page. Yeah, so we'll add the uh, link on the uh, uh, show um, notes and uh, keep everyone informed on uh, when I'll be uh, on there. The, um, so really look, looking uh, forward to uh, to that. So season two of Four Days to Save the World, and the whole concept is that. It's a, uh, you have a team of 10 business people and they're given an impossible task, but they have to create a business model to solve that impossible task. You know, easy things like eliminate hunger, uh, recreate mm. education or end racism, eliminate homelessness, things like that. <laughs> wow. So um, it's, uh, it's a very exciting. That. You only have four days to do it, though. <laughs> See, Kevin laughs at that challenge. Kevin says, I'll do it in two and a half. Uh, yeah. But, but I look, kidding aside, really looking forward to that. Kevin, I've had the, the honor, really, of collaborating with you for probably a couple of years now. And man, you see, you, with Kevin, you get what you see, you see what you get. And, and he's, you know, you're doing so much good out in the marketplace, much like uh, Stace and Jules. And those are kind of people that the crazy you can celebrate and you want to, you want to do some of that crazy with them. You know, you want to get out there and part of your network. Right. right, That's right. So looking forward to four days to save the world coming up soon. And I'll have to go back. We'll have to find the link, the replay of America's big deal, Stace and Jules. We can't do your podcast justice, but folks can find y'all. Tell us about do it in nature. Do it in nature. Right. I'm sorry. I didn't emphasis. I didn't (laughs) emphasize on the wrong syllable. Um. <laughs> yeah, so it's a, we've we've done about oh, 50 or 60 episodes and who we interview are people who are doing really cool stuff outside. So they're either um they're either running outdoor gear companies or they are running outdoor nonprofits or they're extreme athletes. So we've had an Olympic uh, medalist on. We've had some really cool guests on our show. So yeah, do it in nature every week. Um, you can find it anywhere you find podcasts, but really fun. We love doing mm-hmm. that. Outstanding. And you have a certain day of the week you publish on? Yeah, on Wednesdays. Okay. So every Wednesday, find it wherever you get your podcast from. Do it in Nature. Did I say that, Kevin? Okay. All right. I passed the Kevin test there. Okay. So much. I, you know, uh, we didn't even touch on the, the, our whole RV and how that came about. Stacy, you just kind of alluded to it. Man, talk about making big, bold bets on yourself. Difficult decisions. Before we, before we ask everybody here how, how folks can connect with all three, I want to talk, I want to touch on this because tell that story. Man, what in the world? To get to that point and, you know. Sell your RV. It's, it's all sacrifice. When right. Entrepreneur, it becomes very, uh, uh, you know, you, you learn that often. Yeah. Um, oh, well, I mean, just to, the quick of the of the long and, and painful journey of, of that was in 2020. Um, 
we um, actually, our first manufacturer ended up going silent on us that we assumed they switched to the PPE stuff. And we, we just didn't even have product. They sent over our, our first, a few products in January, right before everything got shut down and they weren't right. And we tried mm-hmm. to get them to fix it and they couldn't. So we had to fire them. They ended up taking a lot of money from us and never, never mm-hmm. paid us back. And unfortunately we were, we were with someone we thought we trusted on stateside. So we had to go and find a new manufacturer. So we started getting on every Zoom manufacturing call. I mean, because then the world shut down at this point. And we ended up getting connected to another manufacturer. And just he was he was a good guy. I mean, honestly, he was. He was a he was a good guy. And we we did, we trusted him. He ended up getting our first 2,500 units done and went to ship them over and we didn't have any money to pay him. And so that was completely our fault because for the whole year of 2020, Jules and I did over 150 pitches and could not find any funding, which, which was sad because we knew of a a local sunglass company that raised 8 million during 2020. um, And we couldn't even get, you know, a dollar, you know, it was really, it was really tough. And and so Jules looked at, uh, we looked at each other in December of 2020 and said, how much do we believe in this? And we're like, absolutely. We're, we're already all in. I mean, we'd already closed out 401ks and maxed out credit cards. You know, the normal entrepreneur story. It's not yeah, anything yeah. that's an anomaly in the entrepreneur world. And she said, uh, how much do we believe in this? And I was like, with everything in the, every fiber in our being. And She's like, the only thing we have left is our home. And we knew with the housing market at the time that we had equity in our home. And so we we're like, okay, we got it ready. Didn't even really put it on the market. Our neighbor bought it for asking price, you know, and, and so we knew that we were going to have enough money coming in to get our product um, out of the warehouse in Utah that was hidden. So uh, every bit of that money went into, there wasn't you know, nothing left. That was it. All the money from our house sale went into to getting our product, to get it out to the market. And we we're like, okay. And for that moment, we were homeless. We didn't have anywhere to go. I mean, uh, you know, at 50 years old, didn't really want to move back in with mom and dad. And so Jill, we were, so back in Aiken, a friend of ours, my friend of mine, her dad, when I, I remember going in their house when I was six years old, seven years old, and he had this plaque in the the acronym he used to work for the railroad company is, is you can't sell freight sitting on your ass. And I <laughs> used that and I've heard it. I mean, since I was set at six or seven years old, it has always resonated in, in me. And we were like, what do we do now? I was like, can't sell freight, freight sitting on your ass. So we were like, let's get an RV. Jules, you want to show them the picture? So we went and financed an RV. It's not, it's not a top of the line. So don't think that we're living high on the hog and these, these RVs. It is one of the cheapest ones we could find. And you couldn't find an RV then. And so we had to go with what we could get. And we uh, wrapped it. So I'll show you the. In our brand. Oh, that's that's okay. what we're living it looks bigger than it is. It's 32 feet. And so um, it's, it's not, so. not, not huge. Um, so we went to this nice three bedroom house to our little nice little home now of 200 and something square feet, but it's ours, you know, we're and it's our, it's our rolling billboard. There's QR codes all over it. So we're riding down the road. We see people snapping it. We're in RV parks. People are going down and, and, and downloading it. So we're on a big market. It's a big marketing road trip for 18 months. I felt like that was the best way that we could get out to the masses um, other than sitting in somewhere in Charleston, South Carolina. So now 
we've been on the road for almost a year. Uh, in two weeks, it'll be, or three weeks, it'll be a year. Uh, and we're just literally um, doing our, our, our road trip. Wow. Impressive. Yeah, it is impressive. And I think that's the perfect, you know, when I initially asked the question, I'm like, man, we should have moved this. I should have moved this up in the interview. But it is, it's a great, it's actually a great story to wrap on because you bet so big on yourself. You made the tough decision. And and now going back to that big news, you know, that that lack of support from the investor community, all those challenges you ran into. Now you're starting to ride a wave, a tidal wave that's growing bigger and bigger and bigger. And I hope y'all have had a chance, you know, to kind of reflect and say, and, and just kind of all these hundred, how many, how many pitches again, Stacey? Just in 2020, about 150. All at least 150 opportunities that folks had a chance to get involved and support and invest. They missed out. They missed you out. Only need one yes, right? Right. Just one yes. <laughs> so I really, I, I love what you are doing. I know that we didn't, you know, it's tough to get everything in in an hour and maybe a little bit over an hour, but uh, we'll have to have y'all back on. We'll do an update show, but we'll maybe look at a live stream. So y'all interact with um, our global ecosystem. Yeah. And we, we should say a quick shout out. The, the RV is named after, I believe your grandmother, uh, Olive uh, yep. Stacy, right? My mom's mom. And I just want to say, this is not, this, uh, we, we are so thankful that we have the opportunity to do this, like to be on the road, to see America. I mean, the, the people we've met, the people, the places we've seen, we would have never had this opportunity. So everything that seems bad has a very good silver lining. This one does because we are given this opportunity that we've never had before or would have never had before. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I can appreciate that but there's part of me that wants to poke people in the eyes, you know, the folks that had the opportunity. So I love, but that is a very a business savvy and mature way of putting it, Stacy. And I can, I, I can really appreciate it, but man, I love this growth. You're on uh, Kevin. We're going to make sure folks know how to connect with, with all of y'all, but I'll give you the last word on the story we heard here from Stacy and Jules and the uh, OME gear team. Yeah, yeah. It emphasizes just about everything we've said. You have to believe in yourself, right? And you, you have to leverage your, your network. And, and you, you, you have to just keep pushing, keep pushing. All right? Keep, keep pushing. Okay. Because as, as Stacy just shared there, there's silver lines and, you know, there's silver linings and all the, uh, the obstacles and it's all meant to be and it makes you stronger and, and puts you in position to do big things like, uh, uh, Stacy and Jules are up to. So let's make sure folks know how to connect with both of y'all. I'll start with you, Jules. And I really, I tell you, I've been following y'all's uh, story for quite some time. It's so cool to see, you know, I, I, I knew Stacy, much like Kevin, you see, you, you get what you, you know, you, they are who they are. Right. And Jules, you're the same. You're the same person I've seen in all those social snippets all the updates. And that is so cool that, 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 that authenticity is so important. So Jules, how can folks connect with you? Yeah. Best way is um, just info at omegear.com. We get all those emails. And so it's super easy to remember info at omegear.com. And then we're on every social handle. So um, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, where you can find us on any of those. And all of those are linked from our website, which is just like you said before, omegear.com. 
Awesome. And of course, we're going to make it really easy. We're going to include all those links in the episode page when folks are one click away. And you know what, Kevin? Uh, just like we've got to go through Kevin's agent to book him here. It's not going to be long <laughs> before we have to book, go through their agent, uh, Stacy and Jules. That we'll just add that one more contact uh, to the episode page. Oh, you, didn't, you didn't do that for this show? <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe so. Maybe so. Just did. Uh, the friends and family route. Friends and family, yeah, yes. <laughs> so sp- speaking of friends and family, you know, it's so cool to reconnect with you here, Stacy. Mm. Same. I mean, you know, nothing's changed and except the journey you're on, right? And and you're on the precipice, the precipice, right? You're already coast to coast, you know, and thanks to our, uh, our great friends at True Value. But how can folks connect with you, Stacy? Same way. I mean, right there, info at omegear.com. Um, actually, and I would like to invite your listeners to follow us. If you go to Facebook, if you're on Facebook, go to OME Gear Insiders Group. It's a private group. That way you can kind of get the, the news before it happens. You can actually, you can go back and you can hear some very raw video, see very raw video of Jules in our down moments because mm-hmm. entrepreneurship is not all rainbows and puppy tails. And so we, we want to tell the story as we're going through it. And so that's where you can kind of see the behind the scenes and what's going to, what's going on with the OME gear. Yep. Well said there. Well said. Every, I wish every day was, uh, what did you say there, Stacey? Uh, puppy tails. Rainbows. What? Rainbows and puppy tails. Rainbows and puppy tails. Okay, that's a new one. I'm gonna add that. Steal it from you. <laughs> Big thanks, Stacy Pierce and Jules Weldon. Had a blast. But hey, before y'all go, Kevin. Man, yes. talk about big, big news. Digital Transformers, just one of your many ventures, is blowing up. So tell Whoa, us how wow. they connect with you. So uh, Digital Transformers, just like the forty thousand plus people that downloaded the show this month. Wow, we just went through the man. roof. So thank you, thank you for the audience. And and this week, um, we're going to have a special guest, uh, the CEO of Experts on Demand, Marcin Brzezanski. He's going to be joining us from Warsaw, Poland, on talking about the future of work. He just returned from Kiev and Lviv, in the Ukraine. And um, he's been doing a lot of work with the uh, refugees. And so he has a lot to share on the future of work globally and within Eastern Europe during a time of war. Mm. So stay tuned, stay tuned for that one. But yeah, so uh, Digital Transformers on Supply Chain Now, uh, we're on uh, on Twitter, Digital TransX, and LinkedIn, Digital Transformers with uh, Kevin Jackson. And I'm also on all of the channels. Kevin everywhere. Underscore. Kevin's yeah. everywhere. Let's just face it. <laughs> It'll be a Mount Rushmore soon. Note. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> so, well, it has been so cool to hang out with all three of y'all. Stacy, Stacy Pierce, co-founder and CEO of OME Gear. Jules Weldon, co-founder and CEO at OME Gear. Make sure y'all check that out, omegear.com. The Wander, sounds like it's just going to be the first hit global product, first of many to come. So thank you, you Stacey. Look at that notebook. Uh, yes. Stacey's notebook, see all those yeah. it's kind of, It's like Willy Wonka's secret product notebook, all kinds of ideas in there. Yeah, it but is. Thank you so much, Stacey and Jules. It was our uh, pleasure. Thank you so thank much, you guys. Thanks, Kevin.
You bet. You bet. And thank you, Kevin L. Jackson, as always. Y'all check out Digital Transformers. Uh, and, of, of course, you also appear with us uh, every third Monday on the Supply Chain Buzz on Mondays at 12 noon Eastern time. Eastern oh, yeah. time. This past buzz was the bomb, man. That it was. was. It sure was. But to our listeners, hopefully you enjoyed this really frank, uh, authentic, chock full of best practices and been there, done that, experiences, uh, conversations as much as I did. Be sure to, to connect with Jules and Stacy and Kevin. But most importantly, most importantly, if you pick up one thing from this conversation today, folks, be like Jules, be like Stacy, do good, give forward, be the change that's needed. And on that note, we'll see you next time right back here at Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now. Supply Chain Now.